Hi, I'm Coach Ricky Ronnie, and you're listening to The Monarchist. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to The Monarchist Podcast. Today, we welcome Jay Harris, Norfolk native, Emmy-winning broadcaster, recipient of the Silver World Medal from the New York Festival Awards, ODU Distinguished Alumni Award winner, and ESPN legend. Jay graduated from ODU in 1987 with a degree in speech communications and emphasis in mass media. Welcome to the show, Jay. Glad to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're excited about it. So, Jay, you grew up in Hampton Roads before moving to Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Kind of Tell sorta. us a little bit about your truck. I'm sorry? Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. Tell us a little bit about that and how you ended up at Old Dominion. Um, well, heck, the Old Dominion, that's the that's longest story. I mean, I'll, I'll go if you want. You stop me, all right? I'll just answer. Let's, let's go. Let's go. You just stop me if you need to stop me. So, okay. all right. Born in Norfolk. We lived in Portsmouth in Cavalier Manor. Went to kindergarten uh, at Lakeview Elementary in Cavalier Manor. And then, as families do sometimes, my parents divorced. And uh, my mom remarried. He was in the Navy. So, I should take that back. Kindergarten and first grade. Take that. And in second grade, we were in Athens, Greece. So, we did Athens for 13 months, and it was phenomenal. Fantastic. I wish I've always wanted to go back. I've just never taken the time to go back. The food was amazing. Made some great friends. But again, as families do sometimes, when mom and dad don't quite hit it off, mom and dad break up. So, so mom and her three little boys, the youngest of which was born in Athens, Greece, uh, went to Chapel Hill, where she grew up. And from third grade to twelfth grade, that's where I, I grew up in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And my dad was in Norfolk, longshoreman. And to make that story a little shorter, I decided, you know what? I want to go hang with this fellow for a while. And I, I looked at the schools in the area. And my mom went to Hampton, so I didn't want to go to Hampton because she went to Hampton. I don't know if that's a silly reason, but that's my reason. I like Norfolk State. Not quite enough to say I want to go to Norfolk State, and I visited ODU, and Old Dominion reminded me of my high school. I had a really good vibe from ODU. And so ODU it was, and I found a good school, but the best part about it was moving to Norfolk to hang with my dad, and that was the best decision uh, that I ever made. He, he passed away about six years ago, and it was, it was the best decision I ever made. That was phenomenal. I'm sorry for your loss, first of all. Thank you. Harry Minium wrote an article on you a couple years ago. Harry is always writing. I love Harry. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. But he noted that when you did the Dream Court, you talked about how much your dad gave back to his local community, and I thought that was pretty cool. Doing odd jobs for his neighbors, helping out however he could. Yeah, through, through the, uh, the word I'm looking for. Through Al Harrison Sons General Contracting, because he started a little company on the side and made us work, which we really didn't like it, honestly. I mean, I'm 11 years old. I don't want to go up on a roof. I don't want to do it. 
Like, you won't fall if you listen to what I'm saying. No, I'm going to fall. It doesn't matter what you're saying, Father. Okay, I I never fell. He was right, and I got some pretty good work experience out of it. But yeah, he uh, he did just about anything, and enlisted um, the help. Paid him, of course, of many folks in the community. He was he was known. People would come out the door to knock at the door, talk to Mr. Al. When he moved from the waterfront into the office at the ILA, local number 1248, he eventually became the human resource director for the Port of Hampton Roads. He loved that job because it allowed him to help his fellow longshoremen and be there and be a conduit to uh, assist them with whatever issues that they were having. So I, I got to watch him do all of that. So it kind of helped shaped my desire and my my energy when it comes to giving back. He sounds like one of the type of people that makes Norfolk so great. So, Jay, when you chose Old Dominion, uh, apart from being able to spend more time with your dad and the campus reminding you of your high school, uh, was broadcasting always your goal? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I had I had I decided that when I was in the 11th grade. I took a career aptitude test and scored well in the area of interpersonal skills. And I looked at the jobs, and I think the third one listed was journalist. And I said, okay, that's what I'll do. At the time, I was on the yearbook staff, so I enjoyed writing and telling stories. And it just it just felt like that would be a good place for me to go into. I was looking at your that, that article. It mentions all of the student organizations you were involved with. Mm-hmm. You were working with SGA. Mm-hmm. You're an alpha. You also work in the Conference Information Center. Yeah. From all that, you must, the time management, I'm kind of impressed that you could handle all of that, classes, and probably help out your dad at doing his odd jobs around the neighborhood. But what is your fondest memory from being involved in those campus organizations? Probably that, being involved and getting to, getting to know how campus worked, getting to befriend a lot of my fellow students uh, and administrators uh, and professors. It was, I mean, I kind of carry that over from high school. I was vice president of my junior and senior class, and I was, I was always involved in high school, playing the band when I was in high school. So I was always doing things. I had a job when I was in high school, so I was always doing something. The job part of it partially is because if I wanted any pocket change, I needed to go get a job, so I went and got a job. But yeah, it was, it, it, it just became part of me, uh, who I was, and it's kind of, it, it's kind of who I still am today. I mean, I'm the kind of person, and you ask my wife and kids, because I know I get on their nerves, I will volunteer to do something, to go somewhere, to whatever, and the day comes, and I'm like, I don't want to go. <laughs> I'm tired and I want to take a nap. And they're like, you say that all the time. Why don't you just go? You know you're going to enjoy it. And I do. I just like saying that. Kind of more now to razz them more than anything else. Nice. So, Jay, you talk about, you know, having a busy schedule and sometimes maybe having something always on and feeling like you don't want to go anywhere. But when you were at ODU, we know that you were going places. So what were some of your favorite haunts at ODU? Man, I wasn't really a haunter, to be totally honest with you. I mean, 
I hung out with my friends. We didn't have any money to go haunt. I, I didn't drink, so I wasn't a 4,400. But I, wouldn't, I didn't do any of that. I mean, well, okay, only when I was a designated driver. That's when I would do that. But it, I, I, didn't, I didn't do a lot of, of that because I didn't live on campus. So I would always have to, you know, jump on my bike and ride back to, uh, ride back to 29th Street. And that, so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really haunt. Well, I did do Bodner's Bakery at 2 o'clock in the morning to get donuts. Did that back in the day. All right, Jay. So when you graduated in 87, you decided to move back to Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. And you gigged with your band after six. Yeah, if you want to call it that. We love. We would love to hear more about this band. No, you don't. What kind of genre you play? No, no, you don't. No, you don't. I was searching on Spotify, but I haven't found. Then you won't. You will not. You won't find anything. (laughs) You won't find unless you have a copy of like one of these cassettes that I found in the basement, and you won't find anything. The mixtape. That's right. We were we were a cover band. We played a little bit of everything, and a lot of Prince. A whole lot of Prince. Prince is my guy. He's I'm, like our guy. I'm going to have to get that tape then because my wife loves Your Prince. wife has excellent taste. Tell her I said that. <laughs> Yes, she does. I know. I know. What can I say? Well, I wasn't going to go did there, you, but, I, I, you know. So you said you did <laughs> covers and you did Prince, yeah. but did you have any Morris Day at the time in there? We did. We did. Let me see. What did we do? We did Wild and Loose. We did Get It Up. We did Cool. We did Girl. Let me see, what else did we do? That may have been it. I have to go back and check. But yeah. Well, Jay, I don't know if you've got a chance to listen to our pod with Ricky Ronnie, but he's got this phenomenal idea about doing a karaoke event with all the Old Dominion athletic coaches. I think we're going to have to get you down here and part of that. Yeah. I think it would be a heck of an ODAF fundraiser. Yeah. I, mean, I would spend some money to hear you sing Prince. Yeah. Because I see, I didn't sing though. I played bass. That's that was the thing. Gotcha. So, I'll I, I'll come down. I'll come down and karaoke rappers delight. That's my song. That's what I'll do. All right, we're we're gonna hold you to that. <laughs> <laughs> so Jay, from there, with the help of local legend Don Roberts, that's my dude. You landed an internship with radio station WRAP. Mm-hmm. And that evolved into a uh, full-time gig. Yeah, because he, he wouldn't pay me any experience. money. He didn't have it in a budget. So I give you plenty of experience, but I can't pay any money. I said, okay. And we went it. And we did it. Well, was that, like, taking that position, was it scary to jump into an internship that didn't pay anything? I mean, yes and no. At the time, I was doing um, customer service telemarketing gig at uh, MCI in D.C. And, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't what I wanted to do. So I called him up and I said, because I met him when I was in school and I stayed, stayed connected to him. I always tell the story to kids and I always go network, young folks, keep your network, networking, it's very important. And I said, I don't want to do this, I want to do that, can you help me? And he said, I can give you plenty of experience, but I can't pay any money. So at that point, it was up to my dad more so than my mom. My mom was in North Carolina. But it was up to my dad because it would involve me moving back in to the house. And he was all for it because it was what I wanted to do. And he wasn't really worried about the, the no money part because he's like, you know what? You, you're pursuing your dreams now. I'll float you for a minute. You do your thing. 
and it worked out. That's beautiful. The, the support is always great to have as a young person. I know I wouldn't be where I am without my parents. Same here. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll come back to that in a little bit, okay. Jay. I know Mike's got some, some more detailed questions that he wants to ask you. But I want to take a step a little bit forward. Obviously, it's well known. You're very close friends with Old Dominion legend Nancy Lieberman. Yeah. I had the pleasure of meeting both of y'all last fall when you came down and did that event for the women's basketball team with uh, with Coach Milton Jones. And the way that you guys connect, I, it's, 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 it's magical. Just watching you guys, you can tell that there is a true friendship and love. How did you guys meet and how did that friendship blossom over the years? She says we met in the studio. I think it was in the makeup room. All I know is I saw her and it was Nancy Lieberman. And to myself, I'm going, that's Nancy Lieberman. I mean, she's a freaking legend and she's a monarch. And whatever happened after that, I don't know. But we've been thick as thieves, thick as thieves ever since. I mean, it was instantaneous. I'm really happy you guys have that friendship. It's really cool to see two monarchs united like that. And also doing good for the community. The the Dream Court Newport News is, I think it's one of the coolest charities that that's around. Awesome stuff that you guys are doing together. Thank you. Thank you very much. So back to your career track. Okay. All right. So in that article with Harry, I'm going to reference that again because it was such a good article. He really was. He did a great job with it. You credit your wife with pushing you to, to attack getting that ESPN gig in <laughs> Bristol. Tell us about that decision to go from Pittsburgh local news to the mothership. You mean the decision that she made? <laughs> that decision? Is that what you're talking about? Okay. I'll go to the end of the story because I didn't want it to, I didn't want to work at ESPN. I had, I had the news track, the today show, good morning America. That's where I was going and I could not see in any way how ESPN could benefit me in that because I was I was looking I was thinking locally and I should have thought globally and I was I was an idiot I was an idiot and if it weren't for her I don't know where we would be right now but so I told him no like a couple of times until my agent convinced me to, you know, let's throw a number at them to see what they say. And they didn't meet the number, but they got close. And then it was a decision. He said, you really should think about this. And I said, okay, I'll think about it. In the interim, my wife called a friend of ours who used to be my boss in Pittsburgh, went to ESPN radio, moved into the area of recruitment. I didn't know he was in talent recruitment. I had sent him a tape just to critique my tape because I trusted his opinion. So he, she called him. And said, hey, is this a good opportunity for Jay? Yeah, I think it is. Okay, I'll take care of it. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So she was plotting on me, right? And decided that, okay, we'll take the job. And woke up the next morning. And I said, I'm not going. I don't want to go. It's not what I want to do. Don't want to do it. And she gave me that look that, that women give men when... The women know the man is about to do something stupid, but the man has no clue. I had no clue. And 
I know that yes, look. Yes, we all know yeah, that Yeah, we look. all do. Yeah. So she got the legal pad, the line down the middle, and the pros and cons, and the health benefits, and the, the Disney benefits, and, and it was like, we need to go to Bristol. Yeah, you're right. Let's go to Bristol. And <clears throat> 19 years later, we're still here. We're still here. Still here. Yeah. So, yes, best decisions that she ever made, because I'd have messed it up. <laughs> a happy wife, happy life decision that ended up benefiting everybody. Hey, whatever. That's, that's great. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great opportunity for you just to tell her, yes, dear, you were right. <laughs> I, I have many times. And when I tell this story, she's like, you're telling that story again. It's a great story. I'm telling the story again. Because I was a dum dumb and you were smart. Like it is most of the time. But hey, it's well, I can say personally, and for everybody else that watches Sports Center and other shows out there, we thank your wife also. <laughs> I will pass that So, one. Jay, <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, Mike and I have done a lot of reading. We've seen a lot of stuff about you, and the consistent thing that you say is that storytelling is by far your favorite part of journalism. Let's talk about storytelling. So, when did that become your focus? Like, when did you realize that that was the most important thing to you in journalism is storytelling? Probably from the beginning. I mean, as a as a, a journalist, as a reporter, even at the very beginning when I started under under Don Roberts' tutelage, it was <clears throat> I am the vehicle to go out and get the information. And then I am the person that has to take that information and craft it into something that makes the listener stay and listen. I mean, at that time it was radio, so you use words, uh, sound, but it was all about telling the story of whatever experience that I had that day, whether if it was breaking news or uh, a celebrity in town or what have you. So, at the heart, storytelling is at the heart of journalism, and it it will never go out of style. And I tell young folks all the time, you have to learn how to write, and you have to learn how to tell stories. I mean, anybody can put a microphone in your hand and make have you stand up and and whatever, and it looks really easy. It's not, but it looks really easy. But if you can't, if you can't tell me a story, if you can't take some information, take a couple of pieces of information and lace it together into something that's informative and entertaining, then you, you, you need to go do something else because that's at the heart of what we do. So I've heard that you're a huge basketball fan. Yeah, I like, I like basketball a little bit. Yeah. Can you tell us one or two of your favorite basketball stories? What are you alluding to? Are you alluding to anything specific? No, this is dealer's choice, and you're the dealer. Oh, you tell okay. us what is Monarch Nation? What, what are we going to be like? Holy smokes! I think he's telling awesome story, Aaron. I think he's telling <laughs> the story. He's trying to get you to tell him. This is storytelling. Trying <laughs> to direct him. I mean, I've got, I've got tons <laughs> of basketball stories. I mean, where do you want to go? Uh, man. Well, we are the Monarchist, and this is an ODU podcast. All right. Do you have a favorite memory in ODU basketball history or ODU women's basketball history? Probably my favorite memory now. Well, two. One, the first time I saw Ann Donovan on campus, and I was like, oh, my God, she's really tall. 
that was kind of cool. And when they won the national championship in 1985. Now, I look back on that more and I'm more appreciative of it than I was when I was on campus. Because I was, I was a young, not too smart, what was that, junior, sophomore, sophomore, freshman, yeah, 83 to 84, 84, 85. I don't know what year I was, but I didn't appreciate what the women did on the basketball court. I mean, I don't really remember going to a lot of games. I remember going to some men's games. And I regret not going to more games because they were freaking awesome. So that that taught me a lot. That lesson of really missing out on the fullness of that season taught me a lot. So, you know, fast forward 10 years later, when we're back in the mix again with Tisha and, and Mary and the rest of them, I, you know, I was all in and have been all in ever since. So that's, that's, that's one of my stories. Uh, my other story is probably winning the intramural championship in the fraternity division back in the days when I could dunk a basketball. And that was, that was a highlight. You were, you say you were dunking back then? Oh yeah. Oh, I could jump out of the gym. Oh, I was amazing. All right, so that you could dunk, play bass. You were like a Renaissance man. Mm -hmm. That's me. Renaissance man. <laughs> So Jay, you said you're in the finals, the Greek finals. Yeah. Who, who, what fraternity did you play in the finals? I don't even remember who we played because it didn't matter. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I mean, they, was, they were going to lose anyway, and they did. I, I, honestly, I don't even remember. I'd have to, I have to text some of my frat brothers to see who we beat. It did, but I, we didn't care. It's another so, victim waiting. So that lets gives me. Uh, Avenue to another question. All right. How uh, well do you maintain uh, communication with your brothers? We're pretty good. We just had our 45th chapter reunion uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was pretty well attended. So we, we do all right in, in keeping in touch. Yeah, I think Facebook and cell phones and all that's made it a little bit easier over the years. Yeah, a lot easier than, than way back in the day when we were in school, and there was none of that stuff. All right, so on the same kind of wavelength, okay. what is your most interesting ESPN memory? Hmm. Hmm. I've had a few of those. I mean, from from doing many, many, many This Is Sports Center commercials, they're all memorable, to when I first got there, always running into Dan Patrick in the restroom. And it was just, I have no idea why that happened, but... We would look at each other and go, why are we in the bathroom together again? We need to stop meeting like this. It just, it's just <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> um, my first time walking down the hall and seeing someone like sports famous, uh, that was Bill Parcells. And then I realized, oh, this is what ESPN does because you'd never know who you're going to run into or who you're going to see. Like the time I was sitting at my desk working on the 6 o'clock sports center, and I look up and I saw this woman just kind of gliding through the newsroom to go into one of the offices to talk to one of my bosses. And it was Rachel Robinson, Jackie Robinson's widow. And I'm like, oh, my God, the history and the stories that she could tell and what she's a man. So it, I have many, 
many of those stories. Running into Jerry Rice in the cafeteria, you name it. There's there's a lot of stuff. It's it's been, it's a fun place to work. Well, it's two sports lovers. I know I'm jealous. I know Aaron is. I don't even have to ask him. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not worthy. We're not worthy. I'm a Dodger fan. I'm also a Raider fan. So, you just Rachel Robinson, Jerry Rice. I mean, two of my heroes right there. Well, have you have you seen the This Is Sports Center commercial I did with Clayton Kershaw? When he, I have. He's throwing the pencils. Yeah, that was that was fun meeting him too. He's a good dude. Yeah. Now, Jay, you've obviously got lots of ODU history, but you've got a bunch of Chapel Hill stuff, too. And I thought I heard some crazy story about you and Michael Jordan on a basketball court. Oh, that's where you were going with that thing. That's where. Is it true? Oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Me and my, me and my, my buddy Mike, my best friend from third grade, he went to Carolina. And so he would see... Uh, young Mr. Jordan around and you know everyone knew Mike and my buddy Mike knew Mike because Mike's sister played basketball at Carolina so after Mike went to the Olympics and and won the gold medal we were kind of like one summer it was um, just like see him around campus because you go up to campus and you play basketball in uh, Granville Towers what used to be Granville Towers is not there anymore the outside basketball courts or Woolen Gym. I played there you played there? That's good. Yep. That's, well, that's where this story took place. So, you know, we would see Mike and we were like, hey, Mike, why don't you let us, why don't you let us have your medal? It's not like you wear it. Why don't you just let us have it? He's like, no, you can't have the medal. <laughs> like, you, you, but you, we see you all the time and you never have it with you. So you're not wearing it. We would wear it. We would even share it. So why don't you just let us have your medal? You cannot have my medal. Stop asking me for my medal. So one day, I said, we're playing basketball, and he rolls up um, in his car and gets out. So my buddy Mike has this idea. We go, Mike, how about we play you for your gold medal? And if we win, we get the medal. And Mike goes, okay, what if I win? Well, you get to keep your medal if you win. It's <laughs> a fair deal. Exactly. And he's like, okay. So his ball first because it's two on one. And I'm gonna I'm gonna guard him, or so I think. And he kind of looks at me like, "Oh, really? This is what you're thinking, right?" And does this move thing and jumps 27 feet in the air and dunks the ball. And he, long story short, he kept his medal that day. We didn't we didn't get the medal, and he turned out to be really really good in basketball. But yeah, he he dunked. He dunked on my buddy. My buddy, he got out of the way, so he dunked on me, not not him. In a pair, not even sneakers. In a pair of green topsiders, not even sneakers. And I don't think he had socks on. That's how much he didn't he didn't respect us, because he knew he was not going to lose his medal that day. And that's the story. He dunked on you like you dunked on that fraternity. Yes. Game. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Many years later, I channeled my inner Jordan. <laughs> that, that is awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us, Jay. <laughs> okay, so now that we're, we're, we're continuing this storytelling thing. So over the last few months, you've noticed these two blossoming podcast journalists covering Old Dominion Athletics. 
I won't name any names, but you've you've seen it. You've seen them on Twitter, and you've decided it's time to do an Old Dominion ESPN 30 for 30, and you're gonna take me and Mike along for the ride. What's the story we're telling, and why are we telling it? Hmm. Well, if it's an Old Dominion 30 for 30, no disrespect to football, no disrespect to field hockey, no disrespect to men's basketball, even though I always remember we went, we beat West Virginia, I think it was 86, and then we lost to Duke, and Duke lost to Louisville in the national championship game. That's my NCAA tournament story from Old Dominion when I was there. No disrespect to any of those, but we'd have to do a women's basketball story from the AAW to present and tell the story of ODU. That would be our 30 for 30. And interviewing coaches and players and pulling archival footage and telling the Lady Monarch story. I think it probably should be told. Maybe that's a great idea and out of this, make some phone calls and see if we can get that story told. But it's one of the reasons why Nancy and I wanted to come back and do what we did with coach Delicia Milton-Jones because ODU women's basketball is legendary. It hasn't been in many years, right? But it can be again. It, it's, it really started creeping back that way under Nikki McCray, and Delicia kept it going. And it's, 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 it's a program that inside and outside of the university is respected, should be respected, should be revered, and should be supported by whatever, whether it be money or people coming to the games or just excitement, just on its face level, before the games, whatever, just, just because it's Old Dominion women's basketball. That's enough to get you in the door and get your butt in the seat, and that's enough to come up with a plan to pump it up and make it the biggest thing in Hampton Roads or even the state of Virginia just because of its legacy. That's the 30 for 30 we're doing. And on that note, I mean, Old Dominion, they were in that position, even without all the national championships that they won. Old Dominion probably deserves more credit for their commitment to women's athletics that early on because they were ahead of the curve big time. And you mentioned it, field hockey, another sport that they're – wildly successful and because of their commitment to yeah. women's athletics. Indeed. Indeed. And that's a great part of the story. You're absolutely right. Yeah. That's y'all want to write that up? <laughs> hey, you talked about unpaid <laughs> earlier in the story, so if you need any help, let us know. All we need is like just give us a free tour of ESPN up there and we'll do some free internship stuff down here. <laughs> You say the word, Jay, I don't even need to go to Bristol. <laughs> and I'm there. So, Jay, as a student, did you ever envision the growth ODU has seen over the last decade? Oh, hell no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Dude, I remember, shucks, one of the first times I came back to campus. Well, no, I take that back because I had been back to campus. When I came back, to do commencement, it, it, it was changed then. But years later, these many years later, when I started on the board, 
you know, you walk around campus and you make a wrong step and you're lost. And I'm like, this is crazy because I should know where I am and I don't know what building this is. <laughs> and it's, it's, it is, the growth is phenomenal and the students are freaking rock stars. I mean, it's, it's, it's always been like the best kept little secret in Virginia and I wish it wasn't so much of a little secret and I guess it's not uh, to folks in Virginia so much. But ODU's a, ODU's a jewel, and it's, man, yeah, it's, the growth has been phenomenal. So on that same note, did you ever envision football coming back and being as big as it has been? Ha! No. I remember <laughs> when I was there back in the dinosaur days, and we wanted to do football, and they were like, no, it costs too much money, and no, we're not doing football, and no, leave this office. No. Scott Jackson talked a little bit about that too. Almost like y'all got bamboozled. Like, almost got started to get a little bit of momentum about it, and then it was like, no, it's not going to happen. No. And then when it finally did, and we came out of the box, like, boom, pow, you lose, we win, and we keep winning. And we're selling out, and we're winning. And I'm like, this is amazing. I love this. And. You know, then we moved up, and then we're like, oh, okay, this is not, all right, we got a little work to do, we got a little work to do, but I think we're, Coach Ronnie is, 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 is cool, building on what Coach Wilder had, and I think we are just, we are, watch, we're going to the, back to the Sun Belt, back to the Sun Belt. When I was in school, we were in the Sun Belt, so to me, it's back to the Sun Belt. I looked at the schedule of games, and I'm like, yeah, this is cool, I care about these games. This means something to me. This is going to be great. So I've, I've just, I'm looking forward to it. I'm totally. You're going to have to find your, yourself down here in November for sure then for the JMU game. That one's going to be, that one's going to be pretty wild. Mm-hmm. You know, with going back to the kind of the old rivalry and Oyster Bowl and just a all around great event. So, Jay, we've talked about a number of different ODU sports. Obviously, there's a ton of great history. If you were going to build a Mount Rushmore of ODU sports, and I know there's only a certain amount of heads on Mount Rushmore, but if you need an extra one head or two heads, you can. Who would your Mount Rushmore of Old Dominion sports be? Wow. Ooh. And I don't know. That's tough. That is really tough. Hmm. I don't want to do it. Because <laughs> I'm a leader. Hey, we told off. you at the beginning, if you didn't want to answer a question, you don't have to, so that's fair. Like, I mean, but, I mean, because I'm going to leave somebody off. Because, you know, the first person I'm putting on is Nancy, just because it's Nancy. Then, I... Whew. Wow. I don't... I'm pretty sure, so Scott Jackson kind of had a sim- similar response to you, mm-hmm. and he, he leaned heavily towards women's basketball. Mm-hmm. So he thought that that was where we should be or put our focus on. So I think, I think four of his might have been women's basketball players. I can see that. Well, there's, yeah. I mean, Nancy, Tisha, Ann. 
Man. Oh, goodness. Windy? Pretty list. I mean, yeah. Shucks. And then, uh, you know, if I erase those, I could probably do it again. That, I'm done. Yeah. I'm going to end up leaving somebody off, and I don't want to. Because, I mean, you go back, shucks. Medina, Adrian Goodson. I mean. There are so many for so many different reasons. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, literally, you could build multiple of them for different, different things. Yeah. All right, Jay, so you talked a little bit before I asked that question about being on the board of visitors at ODU. Mm-hmm. And ODU's changed a lot. And there's a lot of stuff in the pipeline right now that's on the cusp of some really cool things happening. What's it mean to you to have such an important role in deciding the university or helping to decide kind of what's going on in the university's future? <clears throat> I accepted the, the invitation to be part of the Board of Visitors because it was part of me, you know, giving back to the university that gave so much to me in my four and a half years there. The experiences, the people, the the growth. I literally, in my opinion, grew up uh, as a young man at Old Dominion. So being able to, first of all, learn a lot of the inner workings of the school, of the educational system, and, and then to be a part of trying to make best decisions for students, faculty, administrators, staff, school in general, to, to keep Old Dominion top of mind and to put Old Dominion even higher with various partnerships and the other things that you alluded to that are, that are in the works that are going to happen soon. It, it's, been a, it's been a wonderful experience. My, my second four-year term is ending. My last meeting will be June 2nd and 3rd. So I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it a lot. I mean, being there through the growth of President Roderick, being part of the group that brought President Hemphill to campus, and just seeing how he has, I mean, that man is like a comet. Yeah, he's a rock star. Seriously. Yeah. Y'all hit a home run there. Oh, yes. And, you know, if, if that's, you know, part of my legacy of being on the board during that time, I'll take that. I'll take all of that. That Yes, I was part of, yes, absolutely. Because he's just phenomenal. And I can only imagine how the university will advance under his leadership and, and guidance. He's just, he's, he's a great, he's a great dude. And he's an alpha, so I, you know, I would expect nothing less. <laughs> so but during your term we've, we've seen a lot of uh, exciting things happen for ODU alums one one of the biggest things is the one school the partnership with Norfolk State and EVMS and Centera to build a new school of public health I'm very excited about that it's very exciting for ODU to get more involved in the education of the future in public health and medicine. Thank you for helping that happen. Oh, you know what? There are many um, smarter people than I on the board who have their their hands all deeply embedded into that. 
but I will I will accept being one of the people that that goes. That's a great idea. Yes, we should do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not ashamed to say that because that's and that's the cool thing about being on a board with I think 17 people. There there's so many there's so much expertise in various areas that you know someone can you you got your thing you do it go do it and let's 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 see how far we can go. It was it's a great team. I've had a fantastic experience, and I've heard I've heard board horror stories, and I guess those those stories can transfer to any organization when you have different people working together. You just bring people together. You go, okay, we have our common goal now. Go work, and sometimes it doesn't go as you want it to go. But the experience that I've had, you you can tell the the fruits of that labor with the growth and the things that you see and the potential and that partnership that you just mentioned. It's it's been a pretty good been a pretty good eight years for me well we're going to be sad to know that you're not there anymore but the silver lining is you'll have more time for the 30 for 30 <laughs> you can have more time to get ready for the karaoke <laughs> and uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll be able to occupy all that time with goodness sounds good to me it sounds good to me <laughs> so jay a, few, a couple times during this interview you've mentioned how much you like to give back. And a couple of years ago on Twitter, I noticed or picked up on the fact that you were helping mentor fellow ODU alum, fellow broadcaster, Mitch Brown, mm-hmm. who has since gone on to a blossoming career in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And he followed in your footsteps by helping mentor another ODU alum and another broadcaster, Romello Styles, mm-hmm. who is, has his own blossoming career now. For me, it was awesome to see ODU alums giving back to each other and helping them move forward. What does it mean to you to give back to the next generation of broadcasters? Honestly, isn't that what we're supposed to do? I mean, we've been given so much from ODU on, and I've been really blessed to have the, the, the career that I've had to work the places that I've worked, to work in this place for so many years, I, I have no choice but to share that experience with someone who really, really wants to soak it up and learn and run and run with it, you know? So it, that, that, that's a no-brainer to me. And, 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 and I mean, I've seen it, not just in broadcasting, in other fields too. I mean... But it's it's just what we should do. Makes the, make the next generation better. I, I use my going back to music for a second. I use my my son as an example, because you know back in the day we played in the band and we tried to record and a little four track recorder in my mom's living room, punching in sounds and tracks and this and overdubbing and it sounded like crap when it was over because you only had four tracks to work with, but you know you made it work, and his goal my son's goal is to be a music producer but i watch him on his laptop or i watch him on his 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 ableton pad and just do things and he's so far more advanced than i am and i think it's great he's supposed to be better than me like mitch and romello they're supposed to pass me and leave me in the dust i want that to happen that means I did something right if, that's, if that happens. So, I mean, it's what we're supposed to do. 
Well, as a fellow ODU alum, I love to see it. No matter, even though it is the right thing to do, it's still inspiring to me to see someone that has made it so far that is willing to look back and remember how hard it was to get there to help other others hopefully move past them. Well, thank you. Plus, you know, when I'm older and, and I don't have a job, I know where I can go get $20, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mellow might give you an unpaid internship. <laughs> and then I had to take my nine iron and hit him in the shin. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're talking about music, let's move to the part of the show. We, we always talk about food and music. I mean, it always comes up. It's like Mike likes to say, brings us together. It's a big part of the Old Dominion community. So you were once an aspiring musician. We heard all about that a little bit earlier. Who's your favorite musical artist? Prince. And is there Prince? Which now that I'm really paying attention over your right shoulder, I think I think I see Prince back there. Is that you do? All right. My daughter gave me the Sign of the Times double album on vinyl, and that's that's Billie Holiday, and that's that's Robert Leroy Satchel Page. One of my favorite baseball players. Very nice. What's the favorite concert, your favorite concert you've ever gone to? And is there one that you haven't been able to make yet that you got to do? My favorite one, <clears throat> well, favorite is tough. My first one might be my favorite one. That was Prince the Time in Vanity Six at Carmichael Auditorium in Chapel Hill. I think that was 1981. And the time kicked Prince's behind. <laughs> That band, oh my goodness, because I like to talk to people like on, on social media, like Morris Day or like Jimmy Jam, just phenomenal people. And but but seeing what they have done based off of the the phenoms that they were when they were that tight unit and kicking Prince's butt on that tour and made him mad and kicked them off the tour and just they now I love that concert I love that show but then you know kind of growing with Prince and his different musical journeys and seeing him at different venues in different places and my wife and I went to see him what year was that it may have been 2012 2014 anyway and he he was he was he just grown so much as a musician and the best part aside that aside for the fact that Dougie Fresh was his DJ that night the show was over and you know Prince leaves the stage the lights come on and everyone starts to leave and I tell my wife no we're not gonna leave because he's not done how do you know because I know and matter of fact why don't we see if we can walk down to the floor and get closer? So as people are leaving, we walk down to the floor. Lights are still on. All of a sudden, the band comes back on, and this little fella with the afro and his guitar does another 20 minutes, and we are, like, right six rows back. And it was the best. It was the best. And I miss him so. I, I, every day, I, I miss him so much. So I, I know Michael Wilbon is also a huge Prince Prince fan. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. I know he's, he's he's he often talks about how many concerts he's been to. You guys ever compare notes? No, we haven't. And and 
you just told me something I didn't know. I didn't know I didn't know Wilbon was a huge Prince fan. So next time we get on the golf course, we're gonna to have to have a Prince chat. Michael Leaves is also a big Prince fan, and he and I do have Prince chats, and we're on the golf course. So uh, we get to bring Wilbon into that. That'll be fun. That's from years of college. Me and my roommates used to get home from class, and we watched PTI every day <laughs> from freshman year to senior year. So. All right, so Norfolk is an underrated food city. Now, when you're coming back to ODU, what is the one restaurant on campus that you have to eat at or off campus? I'm not a foodie. You're not? No. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I don't. Okay. Jay's going to go where we take him next time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll go. We're going to surprise you. I will go where you take me. I have one buddy who's actually my roommate at Preview. We, we're still in contact. He's a foodie. He takes me places. I just I just don't know because I I was once I, I left Norfolk. I graduated. I was away for so long that the the place just grew. And I would come home and it's like coming back to ODU and seeing a new building. Coming back to Norfolk and just seeing new everything. Like the whole when I was in school, that Granby Street corridor downtown where all the restaurants are. It wasn't like that. It was a little yeah. different. It was different, right? And that's all I'm gonna say. So <laughs> you weren't like just hanging to see out my on the street, feeling the real safe. Oh no, 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 not at all. So your dad has told you the stories. Well, he was a military guy, and he told me how they were literally told they couldn't go to Granby Street. Yeah, we didn't want to. Not back in the no. It was almost like yeah. what 42nd Street used to be in New York. It's just a mess. But now, man, last time I was home when we had the reunion, just walking down the street and wishing they had just cut the street off so people could walk in the street, seeing the, the kids yeah. whiz by on the little scooters and the restaurants with inside and indoor and outdoor seating and just the music. It was, it's phenomenal. It's alive. Yes. That's a great way to describe it. It is alive. So we're not sure if you're aware, but our group started on Twitter, kind of a football support group when we were really struggling. But we, we kind of evolved into a tailgate group, and suddenly we started raising a bunch of money. One thing we raised money for, ODU baseball, but we also have a big Toys for Tots drive every year. So we love giving back, as it's clear you do too. So we'd love to hear what your favorite charity is. So and tell us more about it. I don't know if I have a favorite. I mean, I've I've Big Brothers and Big Sisters is one. Boys and Girls Clubs is one. But I have I don't know if I have a favorite because I do a lot of charity golf events because they're fun to do, but lending my name and time to good causes. I mean, it's, it seems like a good use of time. So whether it be like a buddy of mine does one that benefits domestic violence, just, I don't think I have a favorite. I'm just, I'm, I'm glad they're there to help the people that they help. It pains me a little that some of them are there because we have certain issues in our society, but I get it. I'm just glad there is a vehicle that allows people to give back and lend assistance. Well, I'm a big fan of the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, I went there 
as a kid, but also when I was an undergrad at Tennessee, I was part of this group called the Volunteers, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Yes, catchy name. And every Tuesday and Thursday, we'd meet up in front of Thompson Bowling Arena. They'd pick us up, and they'd take us to the Boys and Girls Club, and we just hung out with the kids. That was pretty much all we did. Mm-hmm. That's probably my favorite experience in college. That's a cool experience. That's a cool experience. And so, yeah, honestly, some of my best experiences were with not even with big organizations, like especially when I was in, in an undergrad and we'd go as a fraternity chapter just to a group of kids in a neighborhood and mentoring or reading or what have you. Or like when my son was really small and we were living in Pittsburgh, taking him with me when I would go to read to schools or volunteer to be a host for whatever. It just... It's just, it's just cool to, you know, to get back. Completely agree. All right, Jay. Uh, obviously, you love Old Dominion. You come back, you give your time, and you're obviously a busy family man. So, you know, people want you everywhere. What keeps you engaged with the school, and why do you love Old Dominion so much? Well, the Board of Visitors has kept me engaged the last eight years. I said before, I feel like I really grew up at Old Dominion. I didn't necessarily leave a man, but I definitely was a lot closer to that than than that kid that walked onto campus in 1983. And the experiences at ODU, the people that I got to meet, the friends that I have to this day, all were part of shaping me. So it's, it's always a place that I will look at fondly and have great memories and always, I will always support. I appreciate the support and I understand the love for ODU. I have it as well. And I want to thank you for your time today, Jay. Aaron, you got any other follow-ups for, for him before he goes? Not really. Just really appreciate you coming on. We wanted to have this conversation for a long time, and I think that Monarch Nation is going to enjoy it. We look forward to the next time we're able to see you down here. Hopefully it's not that long. And uh, next time we talk to Coach Ronnie, we're going to get this karaoke thing going, and we'll make sure that uh, we have the RSVP sent out to you. I think, I think we're going to – we might be able to build the bud just with this karaoke competition. Yeah. <laughs> you, that's – that's a good, good goal. <laughs> <laughs> I got Those guys deserve it. I got to admit, before you go, I had to pitch myself a few times to make sure this was real. This is a really cool experience for us, so thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. I appreciate you asking me. I do. All right. Go Monarchs. Always. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs. <laughs>